Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Glory to Jesus, and let's do honor where honor is due, Pastor Gary uh, and your beautiful family, Pastor Janice and Jeffrey and Amy and your grandkids. Oh my gosh, I wish I was nearly as talented as any one of them. Um... It's amazing, the legacy and the lineage of this house. You might be brand new. Uh, We're so honored to have you here. We hope you feel like family, but there's a really special family and a family of faith that's been pioneering this from the very beginning. And so as a pastor's son myself, uh, my grandfather was a pastor, and uh, both my older brothers are pastors as well. It's a full-on genetic disorder. Um, I realize the price that you paid and perspective maybe only pastor jeffrey would have too just behind the scenes what you and pastor janice have done and this is such a beautiful community of faith and truly god is rebuilding and reviving and uh, something great is in and on the horizon and just on that note i know that this is a church again this is for the family of faith here but is mourning the loss of several key pillars of faith in this house i thought pastor justin's offering message was like one of the best things I've heard in a long time. Just uh, the baton has now come to you. And what will we do? And we are hurting as a church. I'm just going to be a part of your family today, if that's okay. I, I consider Pastor Jeffrey like a brother. And so I'm your redheaded stepbrother you didn't want. Um, we're, we're, we're hurting as a family, uh, but we don't mourn. We mourn, but we don't mourn like the world wants. Because they mourn without hope, but we have hope. We have a hope and a purpose. And I would just say, I know you seeing on the front row, that is your, uh, or sitting on the front row, your dad passed away this week. And yet here you are leading us into worship. That's what we call a sacrifice of praise. And it's so beautiful. And uh, this is more than a gathering on a Sunday. This is more than a place to come sit for an hour and 15. If I get really excited about my message, an hour 20. Um, this is a family. And some of you have been doing life without a family of faith, and that is not the life that God has for you. And if that has been you, I just want to declare welcome home to you. There is a place and a fit that will build your future. It has a sacrifice. It has a cost. It has humility. But you are graced for it, and you're graced to belong. There is no perfect church because there's no perfect people, but God perfects us through the church. And he does this beautiful thing in this community of faith. And it's alive and well here. Unlike, I mean, I just think about generational leadership, and I'm rambling here. I don't get to the point in a moment. But uh, the plan of God is that one, one generation would proclaim to the next the wonders of God. And if we don't take our place in this portion of this relay race, when the baton comes to us, then what will the next generation say? but I firmly believe they're going to have something good to say about our God because we're today going to grab a hold of our God opportunity. Amen. Well, much love from Kansas City. Where is that? It's in the middle of nowhere, but that's where I'm from. Let me just tell you, it was a a battle to get here. Um, I showed up uh, right in time uh, for my flight out of Kansas City, direct flight here, and uh, it was canceled. I was a victim of cancel culture. And, and there's not a lot of flights from Kansas City to really anywhere. Uh, we mostly travel by horse. And uh, I, I was able to, to, to switch airlines and get to Atlanta. And then I was, I was um, in a list of 30 standby passengers. 
Now, I played the God card and said, I've got a message to go preach, realizing I'm no more important than anybody else, but I was just hoping that this guy across was a believer. Sure enough, he was, hello. He got me to the top of the line with my young son, Graham, and uh, we were the only two on the standby list that got on. Here's the catch though, the flight we got on to get here was flight number 5666. And I just saw for a moment, I said, God, are you in this? Can you redeem what the enemy meant for harm? Can you turn around for good? But anyways, I was supposed to get here about six. I got here about midnight, but I'm just glad to be here with you. What a beautiful church. And uh, I bring love from Kansas City and from Hillsong Church. I think there's a picture of my family, the Turner Wolfpack right there. Uh, that's my, my, my son Graham is with me. There's my daughter Blair. My beautiful wife Liz is holding it down at home. And that's our little girl, Elle Golden. We call her Goldie. She was born the first day at Stay at Home. And so we had ourselves a little Corona baby. And uh, it, was, it was a blessing. Um, I want to speak really two parts, those that have been here for a long time and those that aren't planted here today. Uh, we live in crazy days. I mean, all of us can agree. These are the craziest days. Uh, my 39 years on the earth, uh, I'm almost 40 and they're like, you look so young. I'm like, appreciate that. I exfoliate. Anyways, uh, these are the craziest times. And anytime there's major discord, disunity, attack, accusation, adversity, Strife would be a biblical word for it. Um, fear, uh, the, the mental anguish, the financial stress. We always think that the enemy is like tacking on runs or running up the scoreboard. But if we would look back through church history, in fact, if we would even look back to our foundational place of the cross of Calvary, we would see that anytime it looks like the enemy is winning, there's about ready to be a revive, a revival in that place because God will not be beaten. And the enemy always outplays his hand. And yet in these crazy days, we've got something to do. We cannot just sit back and there's power in our prayer. But prayer is, and participation is the way that God works because a faith without works is a dead faith. But we have a living faith, so we both pray and proclaim that God's hand would move to do what only He can do. And then we move our hands and we will sweat a little bit. We'll sacrifice and serve a little bit because we want to see a revival here in greater Orlando in touching our nation and impacting the world. And, and that's why we can't live like the world does. Colossians 3 says we've got to set our minds on a higher place. Yes, we're here on the ground where God's answer to what's going on in the anguish of humanity, and yet we got to have a higher perspective. That's why we can't get down in the infighting and the battles of people all around us. We don't conform to culture. We transform culture. We don't run away from culture. We run to people that are hurting in culture, and we bring the culture of Christ, which is the power of resurrection and grace, and we change the world that we're in because we can bring heaven to earth because heaven lives on the inside of us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's for every believer and you have a calling to play and we live our life in this if you will this this middle ground between two mandates it is both the great commandment that Jesus has given us that we're to love God with all that we got and equal to that they always work in participation we've got to love people and treat people just like we would want to be treated and there's a lot of believers out there that we know they're not really loving God because of the way they're actually treating people 
and the way that they're fighting so it is seen in the way that we love and serve each other and forgive and offer grace to each other. And that's one part of the mandate. And the other side of it is what Jesus says is a great commission that we gotta not just build us something for us, it's not us for and no more. It's not just about a little collective community or just my family or just my dreams. It's about God's dream to reach humanity. It's about the great commission to go into all the world. And so here we are right now in this time and place and God actually called you worthy to walk. He could have birthed you into any season or century throughout all of humanity. And yet he thought you were the one needed for right here, right now. So now it has come to us. I think Pastor Justin said that. Now it's come to us. What are we going to do about what we see all around us? How could God use us in this kingdom calling? And I want to speak today from the title of Back to Plan A. Back to Plan A. Our own plans, our own blueprints, our own agenda, man, it is not going to work. We need the plan of heaven because at the end of the day, it is all about Jesus. It is all for Jesus and therefore it's all about people and it's all for people. And as the believers, as, as people that follow the ways of Jesus, we've got a world to change and God thinks we're worthy of walking in it and he's got big plans for you, but we got to get in alignment and we're headed back to plan A. That's the longest intro of my life. You are, hopefully I will get to the end of this message at some point. Can we pray? You can pray for me to preach expeditiously. Lord, we love you so much and we just thank you that we would not go through the motions of another message. This is not an ordinary Sunday. It's a God day. Let it be a holy day set apart for your purposes. Every heart that's in here, everyone watching. God, I thank you that you would speak more than my words. Holy Spirit, you have the ability to custom craft a word in a moment that their heart needs. And so our ears are receptive, our hearts are open. Would you, would you show us places where we need to change? Would you give us grace so that we can grow? Would you meet us in our place of need? Lord, we thank you for this church that's been through the fires lately, but they've not gone through it alone. You've been with them. You are for them. And God, if you are with us and for us, then who can be against us? Grow us up more to become like Jesus today, starting today, back to plan A, in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a big, loud 1130 amen? Amen. Amen. Back to plan A. You know, in 33 AD, there were just a few hundred people that encountered Jesus, the resurrected Savior. And yet from that, the Bible says about 500 or so, there were 120 that actually obeyed what he said to do. That they went and they prayed and they prayed for like 10 days before they received that gift that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. So think about it, there was a 500 person or so opportunity, but there was 120 that actually got in on it. I think what we're seeing in the American church right now is there are 500 people or so that had an opportunity, but here we are building with the 120 that remain. Those that said, I will abide in Christ. I will not give up the gathering of the saints as some have come accustomed to doing. I am in on this 
this thing called community of faith. Yes, I have my own personal faith, but I also belong to a spiritual family. And we are praying and contending for God to work again, to move again, to revive again. And here we are. It's amazing to think that 120 believers, that in a few years, a few hundred years, which seems like a long time to us, but man, humanity has been walking on this earth for a while and eternity is a really long time. In about 300 years, 120 turned a whole empire around. In fact, Caesar himself became a believer. And now they would say an estimate of over 2 billion people profess faith in Jesus Christ. That's billion with a B. Like we were all trying to go get when we were playing the Powerball last week. That's a lot of people. Like, well, I don't know if all those people are saved. Well, I don't know if you're really saved, but that was a joke. You're supposed to relax. But how did so few impact so many? And if you would think about it in the last 2,000 years, we're here today because 120 believed and obeyed. I mean, wow, think about the, the knock-on repercussion effect of 120 people now here we are, here we are in Orlando. We're, we're, we're here because they stayed there and they obeyed back then. And I wonder what in eternity will look like if we now here would, would stay, obey, we would love, we would get out of agendas and back to plan A of the kingdom of heaven invading earth and Jesus would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. I wonder what it will look like in the future if we're the kind of people that did what they did back then. How did so few impact so many in the face of so much adversity so much persecution, widespread execution and martyrdom because I believe they just did the simple things of the faith. They just did what Jesus told them to do. They just heard and obeyed and they had an authentic faith, a faith that actually cost them something because to them their faith meant everything to them. It wasn't just words, it was a lifestyle, it was a family, and it brought a revival in an upper room that has now touched the four corners of the earth because they did it back then, we're here right now. Who will be in our future because of what we choose to do today? Get out of our own plans and get back to plan A. What does God want to do through us as individuals and us collectively as his church? In the book of Acts, we see the early days of a plan A church. And sometimes you got to go back to look at the basics, go back to the beginning to get a hold of the essence and the truth. And it still works today as good as it worked back then. We see Jesus is resurrected and he's meeting with his team. He's meeting with followers. Again, about 500 or so he revealed himself to. We see in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, if you're following along in your Bibles or pay attention to the screen, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, the Bible says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised which you've heard me speak about. He's about ready to give you the same spirit that raised me from the grave is now coming to live on the inside of you. Okay, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this, I need you to do this so that you can grab a hold of this, so you can have this, this gift. 
I need you to obey this command and then you can have this promise. If we're going to go back to plan A, it is not just about a rally cry of revival for us all to get involved with. It's a personal decision based upon a personal devotion that I am going to obey the commands of Jesus. I am cutting through all the garbage of this world and I'm just going to simply build my life on the rock, the truth of what Jesus is teaching and has taught for 2,000 years and we have it made available to us in the word. If I will obey his commands, then I can have his promise. Jesus tells the story. There's two different guys. Both are hearers of the word, but only one builds his life on the word. Storms come to us all. We've been in a 18, 19 months of storms, and yet those that built their life on the teachings of Jesus will weather the storm. We're still going to go through storms, but we'll come out of it on the other side, strong and resilient. But those that only hear and don't obey do not get to make it through. This plan that we are on, this plan A, has a path, and it is a personal path first. It is not all about the church. You are the church. This is about your life. This plan has a path, and we have to be committed to his commands. If you want to get on to Jesus building your life and a life of significance, if you want to get back to the plan A of Jesus for your own personal life, we got to know the commands and do the commands. We have to go back to simple obedience. Out of the 500, 120 obeyed. Out of this group, where will you find yourself? And I know you think, who is this ginger yelling at me right now? I am passionate about the progress that God wants to produce in your personal life. And yet, as much as Pastor Gary and Pastor Jeffrey and everyone on the team wants this for you, you've got to choose it for yourself. We live in a world of blame. And there's a whole lot of blame to go around and there's a whole lot of problems. But I'm talking about personal responsibility to a life, not of perfection, but pursuing integrity, pursuing Jesus about being devoted to what he has asked of us so that we can have what he has for us. In fact, Jesus says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, how many would just say today, I love Jesus there are five of us that love Jesus here. How many would say, I love Jesus? Come on, how many are grateful for the cross? How many are grateful for his indwelling presence, the Holy Spirit? How many are grateful for the promise of the life to come? We love Jesus, right? He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I mean, this is Bible basic 101 but it is the basics that will produce momentum and breakthrough in your life. It is the basics. The plan A is to listen and obey. In fact, if we just look at the first few chapters of our very first gospel, this narrative story about Jesus, we have a whole lot to do right in the very beginning. Matthew chapter 4, live a life of change. Don't stay the same. Repent and change. Matthew 4, Jesus says, follow me. Your life is to be led by him and become and look more like his. Matthew 5, let your light shine. It's not just about you. It's not just about what God does for you. You should live your life on display of the goodness of God. Make things right with people. Matthew chapter 5. Don't, don't give in to lust. Matthew chapter 5. Be true to your word. Be a truth teller. Go the second mile and love your enemies. Matthew chapter 5. 
don't just have a, a public faith as well. Don't just put on a show. Matthew 6 says, have a private devotion. Be better behind the scenes than you are in front of people. Give towards the eternal things. That's how you heart for the house. We're going to give to bring more of heaven here in this house. Seek God's kingdom first, Matthew 6. How about this one? Don't judge people, Matthew 7. Just for a moment, if I could touch on cancel culture for a second. There's a whole lot of atrocities and issues out there, and we need to call it out. And it's okay to speak truth to it. But do you realize that at the foundation of our faith are two main things called forgiveness and redemption? We've got to make room for forgiveness and redemption. In fact, we have to have room in our theology, not just to comfort those who are victims, but also offer grace and an opportunity for the victimizer. Oh, that hit home, didn't it, for just a second. But let's remember what Jesus said in his moment when he was the victim. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing and so we've got to have forgiveness as a part of our foundation. Pursue God, ask, seek, and knock. You'll get rewards for someone who is resilient in their faith. Do unto others, Matthew 7. In fact, it says in one paraphrase, here's a simple rule of thumb, guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then you grab the initiative and do it for them. If you add up all that God is asking of you and what he's spoken to the prophets, that's what you're going to get. Those are the great commandments and we have this great commission and we live in the middle of that. That is the plan A of heaven to change the earth around us. So just in those four chapters the first of the Jesus stories, narratives, biographies, the gospel about Jesus and Matthew, we've got enough to live out for the rest of our lives. How many know it is not hard to find out what you're supposed to do? But nor is it difficult to live it out. I'm not saying you're ever going to get it perfect. None of us will. But you have been graced to follow Jesus into the plan and purpose that he has for your life. He wouldn't ask, never ask anything of you that he wouldn't make available to you by his grace. And so if we're going to get back onto the plan A of our lives and the kingdom come plan A of this church and the capital C church all around the world. We've got to start with our own decision to follow the path to obey. If there's 500 that have been invited, but only 120 make it, I want to be one of the 120. I know I'm speaking to some people here at the 1130, those online, you want to be in on what God's going to do now and what God wants to do next. Jesus commanded to wait and to pray and yet only 120 made it, obeyed it, and, got it, and they got it. They kept the path, and they caught a different spirit than the spirit of this world. They caught the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, When that day finally came, the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And of course, that is speaking about proximity, that they were in the room, but it says they were there together and in one place. It's also speaking about the spirit of unity, that it wasn't about just every one individual. Of that 120, they were in on this thing together. They were in on plan A, obey and pray together. And something powerful happens in places of unity. 
The Bible says that God commands blessing in places of unity. And there's been all sorts of opportunity. Sadly, some of us might have taken the bait to be in discord or in strife or disharmony. And yet here we have an opportunity for grace to get back onto plan A, the mission and mandate of Jesus that drives our, not just this church, our lives forward. Is that we're here to make a greater difference in the world around us. Unity is the only way in which God's blessings works. And if you wonder why your life has not received more of the blessing and favor of God, you might need to look around and realize maybe I've not been united with the right people or I purposely have been isolated from people that, that I've been frustrated with. Where's the opportunity for unity and healing and restoration it is a pathway for which God brings blessing and favor. We have to be all in on Unity And unity is not uniformity. You don't have to look like me and some of you are like, praise God. Uh, you don't have to believe what I believe politically. You, you don't have to see things from the same perspective. Where have we lost the opportunity to have conversation? But Paul says, do not argue over what he calls disputable matters. And if you ask me personally... Political conversations, hey, they could have a place in your life. I think as long, I, 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 you can even be passionate about it. But everything besides Jesus died, Jesus raised, Jesus coming again, Jesus saves, everything from that place to this place of conversation, that gap is far too great for me to elevate anything down here up to up there. So everything else is a disputable matter. And I just am not going to argue about something of such lesser value. We have to be all in on unity. In fact, that's what Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed his last prayer over his people. How many think that would be a prayer of priority? And the prayer of priority of Jesus' last prayer over his people is, Father God, would you please make them one as you and I are one. How many know that Jesus doesn't just pray a prayer, he doesn't plan on answering? He says, if they get a hold of the right spirit and they get on the right plan, if they get on that right plan A, and all of them would have a personal devotion to obedience and what they're doing in me and quit pointing out what everyone else is doing wrong and let God highlight how he wants to help you do what's right. And we start getting those things in order in our own life and we get united about what matters the most, then we can be one together just like God and Jesus are one. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, this is when the day of plan A begins. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, suddenly a noise like a strong blowing wind, a mighty rushing windstorm shows up. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw something like flames of fire that separated and stood over each person there. How many know your ginger pastor friend here today? I'm always walking in the Holy Spirit because I got the flame. <laughs> and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the power of the Holy Spirit was given to them. And now I realize I'm preaching, preaching to people in church today, but there are different gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a gift of spiritual language, the praying in tongues. And if you don't do that, I personally believe you need to do that. That is a gift made available, I believe, to anybody and everybody that wants it. And if you don't have that in operation in your life, you need to go back and read some of the writings of Paul. who says, I wish you prayed in the Spirit. In fact, I pray more than all of you. 
You need this in your life. In fact, that's why you need to be not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday as we walk through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That should be the first on your agenda of what to be at next at church. But then there's also, he talks about praying in other languages. Literally, they were praying by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking native languages of other people. And that seems like a weird thing to happen in a prayer meeting, but God had a plan for that prayer meeting that wasn't just about those in the prayer meeting. And this plan, when the Holy Spirit, you need to realize this plan A, this plan A has power. It has power to change the world, not just change your world. And there's a connection point. The other day, uh, in fact, it was a Saturday night, and I get up early uh, on, on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I get up early. I, I, I like to pray before I preach. I know. Uh, I'm so spiritual. Um, and I woke up literally like 90 minutes before the first service, which is for me is about two hours late. And I had, but I had plugged my phone in and set my alarm. But what I didn't realize, see, what had happened was I didn't plug in the charger into the outlet. How many know, like, I could blame my kids, but that was this 39-year-old's fault. Like, I have part of it, but not all of it. And many of you, you have your own connection with God. In fact, I would say as a believer, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. You can't come to the Father apart from the conviction and, and, and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And so you're plugged in in part, but then we're not plugged into family. We're not plugged into the house. We're not plugged into that strength, that wall. The Bible calls us in Ephesians. It calls us like this home that God is building. There's living stones, brick by brick, he's piecing it together. And so we've got our own connection, but we're not connected to the place of unity. And that's how God's power flows. It's not just your own connection. It's in devotion and consecration and connectivity together that he produces a, a, a power and, and, and a momentum that you cannot manipulate or figure out on your own ability. You need this, this plan that has a power. Acts chapter 2, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe as the many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. In other words, there's power for miracles when we take private personal devotion, get on our path, and we participate and plug in with others together. That God starts to do miracles in this house, miracles in our city, and we need a season of miracles. We need to see a daughter healed in the name of Jesus. We need to see the broken and the addicted healed and set free. We need to see the prodigal sons and daughters return home. And yet the, the beauty is in the participation of this plan A as a family together. And this plan can never be a private club. Can never be a private club. This is for everyone. This is for everyone. I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, and the church I grew up in uh, may be different than here, but we were all about us and the world. And um, there's still a lot of churches that operate that way. Like even the fact that we're having a harvest party on Halloween, people are like, oh, don't decorate. Oh, there's a vampire that came to church. Last time I checked, like we're here for them. And so we should not get them to try to speak our language or look our way. We want them to look more like Jesus, but he's the only one that can really change them. We're just called to reach them. And so if I need to speak the language of them so they can experience the everlasting love that we have, I'm willing 
to walk through the interpretation process, and that's what the Holy Spirit did in this moment. They all begin to speak, chapter 2, verse 4, in different languages as the Spirit gave each of them power to express themselves. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to express yourself. God wants you to speak the language of the people around you. They, they spoke to what the people needed to hear and it wasn't just the people, the 120 in the room. The Bible tells us in just a moment, we'll see it in a second through the scripture, that 3,000 men come to faith. That's 3,000 families. It went from a buck 20 in the upper room to 3,000 men strong. How many have loved that what Pastor Jeffrey took all the men through here this last month? Now the Zoe girls are getting in on it and planking. Just gonna do a plank and drink a water. I'm gonna post my Bible study. I love it, Zoe girls. Let's do it. 21 day challenge. I'm in. I'm in. But there's just something I think is beautiful about the men showed up, and we spoke the language of the men from all over the the known world. That's what it says in verse five. There were religious Jews staying in Jerusalem. They come from every country in the world, and when they heard this noise. When they heard the sound of the church in unity and worship and the power of the Holy Spirit, a large crowd gathered. Man, he wanted to, God wanted to impact the whole city. And they were all excited. They were excited because they heard all of the believers talking in their own languages. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed that these people are talking like us, but they're Galileans. In other words, they're from the sticks. How is it then that all of us hear them speak in our own native languages? They were not talking high church language. And don't bless, I'm from Tulsa originally, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Jerusalem. If anyone knows how to talk church, it's me, bless God. Thank you, hallelujah. <laughs> but we've got to learn to speak the native language of humanity that's hurting all around us. And do you know how easy that is? It is not dumbing down the gospel. It's actually just a simple truth. There's a God in heaven that loves you. You're anxious. Jesus says, come to me, all that are weary and heavy burden. He'll give you a real rest. You don't know about your future. Let me tell you, I know the one who made you and knit you in your mother's womb. And he had a plan for you from the very beginning. And it's a beautiful plan. I can, I can lead you to the one that I allow to lead my life. It's actually so simple to get in on plan A. There's three miracles that happened in the upper room. There was the noise like a mighty wind. There was a personal and visible fire. And they spoke the language of the people around them. There's a loud noise. We need a church that praises. We need a church that worships. We need a church filled with the sound of heaven. When we record this album in a couple of weeks or whenever that is, we need everyone to show up, prayed up. You might want to even fast and pray because the sound that God wants to reverberate from this house needs to be bigger than the sanctuary and the auditorium. It needs to touch the community. It needs to impact the world. We need some praise. And how many know there's a lot of people all around you in your workplace, in the apartment next to you, in your neighborhood. They don't have a lot to praise about right now but you always do you always do even if you're walking through a financial difficulty or a, a physical setback even if your mental world seems to be a mess you have a cross on Calvary that gives you something to praise about 
And we need the sound of heaven in our lives. And we need the sound of heaven in the church. We need a personal fire, a visible representation of something that's going on in here. The world needs to see your joy. The world needs to see what God has done and you quit focusing on all your problems. Begin to praise him, the sound of heaven for the progress you have made. How many know you ain't who you used to be? You haven't become everything you're going to be. And right here, right now, God's grace is sufficient for thee. You can grab a hold of that and you have something to show the world around you. And then we gotta speak the language of the people that are around us. And we gotta break open. I just look, I look at the, the spaces in the auditorium and I realize with COVID, Delta variant, it's impacted this church, it's impacted my church. But there are people living in fear and the tyranny of the enemy has polluted their mind over and over again. And they just need an invitation. They've been living in isolation for over a year and they're looking for someone to give them an invitation to this thing called family. And the plan A of heaven is that all of us would do the work of an evangelist. That might not be your calling, but we still do the work. And the work has a reward. It's called revival. It's called revival. And in this plan, everyone participates. You're brand new to faith. We got a spot for you. You've been following God for, for four decades. Your best days of discipling are right in front of you. You thought you paid your dues in church? Guess what? Rent's due again tomorrow because this kingdom needs to expand further and farther. And we need your wisdom and insight. There's a generation of fatherless kids growing up all around us in the church and in this community. And you're going to say, not on my watch. I might be past, my kids might be grown, I might be a grandparent, I still have something to add to the next generation. I'm gonna love them, I'm gonna pray for them, I'm gonna encourage, I'm gonna help them miss some of the detours that I took back in the day, and they're gonna stay on the path. We're going farther and further than we ever had in this family of faith, because we're sticking to plan A. Plan A, this plan everyone participates. Acts chapter two, that's what Peter gets up, and I love Peter. Peter who just backed down and was intimidated by a slave girl, now he stands up in front of 3,000 men, his peers, and proclaims this message. He says, these people are not drunk, as some of you suppose, because it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They haven't even gone to brunch. There's no mimosas yet. God says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. This is a plan A for the young. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. This is a plan A for the heritage of faith, people in our church. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will all proclaim my message. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be safe. And that is the, the, the crux of everything I want you to get a hold of. It is about those calling on the name of the Lord because you have received your spirit, Holy Spirit. You are walking in devotion and on your own personal path. You are connected and committed to this family thing of unity that we're doing. And you, you've got those three signs of the upper room in your life. You are, you are a sound from heaven to a hurting world. You have a visible representation of what God has done on the inside of you. And you are speaking the language of the hurting and, and those in our community all around us who need the help of heaven in their life. It's a plan. And this plan is a party and everyone is invited. Everyone is invited. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they took part in fellowship and the sharing of meals and the praying together. 
uh, CEV version, the contemporary English version says they were like a family to each other. And God so loved this world that he gave up one son that whosoever would believe would then become a part of his family. Like he gave up one, the firstborn of many, the Bible calls it, so that he could grab all of us as sons and daughters in his house. And yes, this plan does have a price. Grace is free, growth has a cost. Growing the kingdom requires sweat effort, sacrificial generosity, requires us to get over ourselves over and over again so that we can stay on the plan A mission of Jesus. And it says that the believers in Acts chapter two, they shared everything in common. That is not a call to socialism, that's a call to radical generosity. They were willing to pay the price, just like he said so powerfully in the, the offering moment, that we're willing to grab a hold of the baton today so we can run it forward into the God-ordained future for our tomorrow. And that the next generation here it's a city of life can take it even farther and further than we've got it in this season. And this plan has unbelievable possibility, exponential growth. It says in verse 47, God, we know he's the one who does the saving, but he does his saving work through us. God added to them daily, every day, those being saved, those being revived those lives forever being changed. Some of us, we've been so worried about the status of our own world and insecure about our own situation, not realizing that the breakthrough, honestly, I believe the grace of God for your life and for your future is getting in on his plan, not getting to pray, praying for him to bless your plan. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is Jesus and people. Can we build a church that continues history and legacy being about Jesus and people. Can you build your life with a plan A purpose? And you here, whatever your career, the beautiful family and the entrepreneurial dreams that you have, whatever that looks like, I believe God wants to bless it. The Bible says he wants to give you the desires of your heart as you delight in him. In other words, as you find your, your, your passion in him, he'll begin to get you on the plan A and purpose of heaven for your life and for us as a church. And God wants to add daily to us those being saved. There is revival in the air. And all the chaos and all the drama, it is a divine setup for kingdom come. God, let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be right here in this church. Let it be right here in my family. Let it be right here in this community of faith. Let it be right here in this community all around us. Let it be right here in my workplace. Let it be right here in, in my neighborhood. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here and you've just gone off on your own plan, maybe it's the private devotion part. You haven't followed the path of obedience to Jesus. And you just, it was just a wake-up call. And not to respond out of duty, but just, there's just something inside of you knows, like, I, I got to give God my first in my I need to give my attention to obeying Jesus. I got caught up in too many arguments, and maybe in my own head, in my own thoughts, in my own struggles. I'm going back to the basics. Maybe I've just... Maybe been a person that's not just been plugged in. Maybe unity hasn't been high in your heart or high on your agenda. You've been more hostile towards others. You need to come back to that forgiveness and that grace God has for us. We need to have for others. If you're one of those or you, I want to pray for unity over all of us in just a moment. But if that's you, we just have the audacity and the humility just to say, hey, that's me, Pastor Kyle. Pray for me. Would you raise your hand? So I need to come back. That's great, that's great, that's great, that's great, that's great, that's awesome. Come back to Jesus first. 
come back to unity where there's been discord. That's awesome. Father God, I thank you for every raised hand. That is an open heart. That is a sign of surrender where they need you to show up. God, you never reveal something you don't heal. So I thank you that you've revealed there's an area and opportunity for God growth and there's a grace to keep growing in it. Lord, I thank you that they're following your ways, not their own. They're back on the plan that you have for their life. I thank you you would meet with them in their place of need. You would lead them into their calling. I thank you that we're following you. And Lord, I just pray over all of us that this is a church united on Jesus, united for the mission of Jesus, connected and called for a greater purpose. I thank you that we were courageously declare welcome home to the world around us. I thank you we would speak the native language of the people that are hurting all over this greater Orlando area. God, I thank you for the revival work you want to do. And we are all in on plan A in Jesus' name. Let's stay in this moment of prayer. If you're here and you're far from Jesus, this isn't just a prayer. This is salvation, and salvation is no small thing. In fact, it is everything that God wants to do in your life right here, right now. I want to pray for those that maybe you've said yes to Jesus, but you've gone completely your own way, your own path. It's time to come back home. Or maybe you're here and you've never said yes to the grace of God. In fact, you might even be able to say, I know a little bit about God, but if you can't say, I know him personally, what you have is religion, but God wants to give you his relationship. If that's you, either one of those, come back home to faith, put him first in your life, or for the very first time, receive his grace. This is all we're gonna do in this next moment, because the truth is Jesus has already saved at the cross. You receive that gift by this belief in your heart and this declaration of prayer. And you're not gonna pray it alone. In fact, you're not coming down front. I'm not gonna make you stand up by yourself. We're gonna pray this together as a community of faith, but don't miss, this isn't just an important moment in the Sunday. This is like the most important moment in your eternity that you would say yes to Jesus. So no one looking around, just everyone in their own personal moment of sanctuary. Again, I'm not gonna call you up, I'm not gonna isolate you in any way, but if you're here today and says, I am serious about a fresh start with Jesus or for the first time giving my heart to Jesus, can you say, Pastor Kyle, that's me today. I'm praying this prayer. This prayer matters to me. Can you just raise your hand? Sir, I see your hand. I see the two of you, the three of you, four of you, five of you, six of you, seven, eight of you. See you, young man. That's awesome. Proud of you. Nine of you, 10 of you. That's amazing. That's amazing. 11, 12, I see you. Thank you for looking. I might have missed your hand. I tell you this, God doesn't miss anything. He for sure sees your heart. I see you over there, the three of you. That's awesome. I see you back there. That's beautiful. So proud of you. 15, 16 people. Come on, church. Those online, maybe that's you. Maybe you need to pray this prayer and let us know that you get a brand new start with Jesus. Why don't we do this? You put your hands down, but why don't we stand to our feet? And we're going to pray this prayer of faith together. Is that cool? We don't have to have our heads bowed right now. We have a face-to-face -face God. In fact, this is the most enjoyable moment. This is why we stick to plan A, is for moments just like this. Amen, church? Can we pray with me? Everyone, let's pray together. Support our friends. It might be Brandon's first time. It's a beautiful moment. Say, thank you, God, for giving me Jesus. You sent him to seek and save the lost. I was lost. I needed a savior. Thank you, Jesus. You took my sins. They've been nailed to the cross. I don't have to carry them anymore. No more shame. No more sin. I receive grace. I turn from my old life. I follow you with my whole heart. From today on, my life is yours. Thank you, Jesus. I believe. I am saved. I am set free. And I have a purpose. Amen. 
This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.